Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. I got so distracted by PS5s and NBA 2K24, which we will be giving away along with the PlayStation 5 all next week, right here on the Insiders, courtesy of the homies over at Jiffy Lube. That's right. Which you now have a Jiffy Lube hat on. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah, makeshift. Oh, it's falling. Jiffy Loop is what I'm calling it. Yeah. Jiffy Loop is what I'm calling it. It's not going to work out. I'm going to need more tape, but I love this setup for me. Uh, I'm wearing a Jiffy Loop sound on my hat, for those of you <laughs> listening on the radio or on the Odyssey app. So, I don't, I, I not to be dramatic, and I'm going to shift gears away from the NBA here for, for just a moment. The 49ers made a roster move yesterday that is not going to affect, they're not, I don't, their chances of winning the Super Bowl are not different. Nope. They're still the best team in football. They are still one of, if not the Super Bowl favorite, et cetera, et cetera. But they they added veteran defensive back Logan Ryan yesterday. Logan Ryan was a Patriots draft pick back in 2013. He played cornerback for them. Then he signed with the Titans. He played cornerback for the Titans. And then... That was, he was with the Patriots for four years, Titans for three years, and then spent two years with the Giants and a year with the Buccaneers. He was with the Bucks last year. And in those last three seasons, he moved to safety. The 49ers have had injuries at safety. Logan Ryan is a veteran who has played in a lot of big games, and he's available. He's probably going to sit on the bench and only come in if one of Jair Brown or Tayshawn Gibson gets hurt or there's some garbage time. So when he gets signed, it's like, okay, that makes sense. They don't have any other safeties on the roster. They need some depth. He's a veteran. Cool. To make room for him on the roster, though, they released second-year former third-round pick running back Ty Davis-Price. Ty Davis-Price, in seven games with the 49ers across two seasons, had 40 carries for 120 yards. He didn't score a touchdown. And missing on a third-round pick is not the end of the world. It's just that the Niners did it on running backs back-to-back years. Missing on third round picks every year is a big deal, though. Yeah, right. They they hit, mean, they got Fred Warner in 2018. Okay, home run. Like couldn't have more of a home run third round pick. But then, uh, since it's like Jalen Hurd is in there, like Akello Witherspoon was fine, Sacramento legend. But Trey Sermon played one season with the team, was inactive for for half the games, and then got cut before his second season started. Ty Davis Price gets cut after one year. And the problem for me is, A, the fact that the 49ers continued reaching for running backs when they had so much success with undrafted guys in the late round picks. That, that is by itself. But when you start to look at it, and the reason I say that that this, this kind of stuff is why they could be in trouble down the road, is you need to, you need to have a stockpile of players ready for when 
Trent Williams eventually retires. And when they have to let go of George Kittle or Eric Armstead, or they have to let Talanoa Hufanga walk in free agency, or whatever, what when you need to figure out your offensive line, you need to have these players ready to go. And I go back to 2014. Remember how disastrous the 2014 season was for the Niners? Mm-hmm. I think that was in large part because their 2012 draft got them nothing. They got basically nothing in the 2012 draft. And when two years down the road, when you're looking to restock your roster and you have nothing from a draft, it becomes harder to build a roster. So that's where this third round pick thing becomes a problem for me and why why this is a big deal. Like I said, it doesn't change the fact that they could win the Super Bowl this year. But that Ty Davis price pick could have gone to an offensive lineman. That's the problem that I have, Kyle. It could have gone to a corner, a defensive end. It could have, There are so many places that they've had to build out their roster in other ways and spend money that they didn't need to spend because they were too busy trying to get a running back or get, pick a position. This could be any position, but they, specifically with the Niners, it's running backs. They drafted a player at a position where they had so much success drafting way later or grabbing undrafted players. Yeah, so the problem that I have too is, like, look, I think the running back position has been devalued. So there are no, there are no longer like eight running backs taken in the first round. Yeah. So that means that really good running backs are staggered throughout the second and third round where they weren't in, like, say, eight years ago, mm-hmm. right? Ten years ago. They, you couldn't get a star level running back in the third round. And I feel like that the Niners keep like just taking a stab and they neglect the one area, even before you and I had a show together, mm-hmm. I I was, I, I would fill in for D'Lo and Casey. You and I have been on the air together a couple of times. Yeah, Every yeah. time we talked Niners, I brought up the same thing. When are they going to address the offensive line? How can they address the offensive line? What are they going to do about the offensive line? Mm -hmm. Because to me, it's always been the weakest point of this team. Mm -hmm. And to not have a a, a succession plan is just like failing to plan is planning to fail. Mm -hmm. Like, where is your plan? You don't have one. And you keep squandering picks on guys like this. Not only you trade for Christian McCaffrey and you give up more picks that's it where you could have got one of these players but it, and I'm not saying don't trade for Christian McCaffrey but what I am saying is that if you're going to if you can go get that star player if you can go get a star level wide receiver for two second round picks or a second and a third or a late first because you're a great team and mm-hmm. a second round pick okay that's fine but that means that all of your other picks need to not be used on specialty positions. They need to be used on straight up, really, really good, solid, middle of the road. And, and it's kind of like, I was having this conversation with my buddy. You, you and I talk about fantasy football all the time, mm-hmm. right? Like my brother and has played in my leagues forever. And he, he always is almost one of the top leaders in total points every year, and he doesn't make the playoffs. And it's because all he does is boon or bust players. He doesn't. Mm. He doesn't go draft four other players that you know are going to get you eighty yards, right. maybe a touchdown. You know the old Mike Allstott. Mike Allstott. You don't really want to start every week, but if you start start Mike Allstott every week, he's going to get you eight points because he's going to get a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So if you have like a baseline of a bunch of solid players to support like three or four huge boomer yeah. bus players, that's fine. Right. 
But if you don't do that work, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. So you can score a bunch of points one week and then nothing the next. Yeah. That's not the way to build. And it feels like that's what the Niners do with this with their specialty positions. They they waste they squander picks mm-hmm. as opposed to drafting really, really safe home runs that will be in your starting lineup for potentially a decade. Yeah. And that's what that's what was so weird about Trey Sermon and Ty Davis Price is I think that's what they were trying to do is like, oh, this guy is just going to be plug and play. He's going to be a thousand yard guy and we'll just be good to go. And just neither of them could do that. So maybe they're just bad at scouting running backs. Maybe they're bad at trying to scout that level of talent in running back and they're better at it in the later rounds where they're not. That's been my theory with the 49ers forever is that the reason they're so much better in the later rounds is they don't try and look at upside and they don't try and project out. They just go, hey, George Kittle can play some damn football. Let's get him in the building and see what happens. Fred Warner can play some damn football. Let's get him in the building and see what happens. There's, there's that, that Elijah Mitchell can play, you know, you get it. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't believe that this is a huge issue this year. It may not even be a huge issue next year, but it's definitely one of the biggest flaws with the 49ers. And there aren't, there aren't many with their team building, right? They have the best roster in football. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I don't want to, that to. They have one of the two or three best rosters in football. Yes, and they they no matter what anybody wants to say, they fell backwards into Brock Purdy. Like they they drafted Brock Purdy to be their practice squad quarterback last year. Yes, and it turns out that he's the best quarterback that they've had under Kyle Shanahan, and maybe the best quarterback they've had since Steve Young. They they almost didn't draft him and just tried to sign him as a free agent. Right, which then yes. opens him up to signing anywhere. So they of wind course. up u- using the last pick of the draft on him. They got, they got. I don't want to say got lucky because they they could have drafted somebody else. They could have drafted, they, they said, hey, we're going to take a quarterback. That's a quarterback we're going to take. Okay, so d- good job there. But that's not, something, like, that's not a sustainable thing. That's a thing that happened where you go, oh, wow, that was lucky. And you start to project out over the next couple of years when things start to get really expensive and the players that they're going to lose and the draft picks that you wish you had or the players you wish you had or you look at their roster this year and you go, man, in a playoff game, I don't know how much I love their offensive line against Philly. Yeah. You're going to look at Trey Sermon and you're going to look at Ty Davis Price and you're going to go, hmm, I wonder who those players could have been instead of a running back at that spot. And that's, again, why when we were at the deadline. Mm Mm-hmm. Why didn't you take a pick and go get a player that you know who he is for a pick? That's the team you are now. Yeah. I'd also to like to end this discussion before we go to break. You, they later in the third round they drafted Danny Gray, mm-hmm. who will be the next one to get cut. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, that's you just can't throw away third round picks, especially when starters. You know, like yeah. long term tackle and guard starters, yeah. safety tackles, DB starters go with the next 15 picks mm. stuff really tough um we could talk about this all day i see a bunch of stuff in the chatty house that is that is um really good conversation we're gonna put a pin in this though and we will talk niners team building plenty on this show i i, I promise them it's something i one of my favorite things to talk about um shohei otani free agency it's something we talked about at the top of the show but I want to get, I want to dive a little bit further. I want to get away from the like whole secrecy thing and how it's being covered. And I just want to talk about Shohei and where he's going to go. Yeah. Because 
I love baseball, and Shohei is a fascinating, fascinating player. How much is he going to get? Where is he going to land? Is he going to be in San Francisco? Who knows? We're going to find out next. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, we're back in here. Shout out to Jiffy Lube, man. PS5 to give away next week. Copy of NBA 2K24 coming with that PS5. We're not totally sure how the giveaway is going to go, so D'Lo and Casey are going to test it out for us tomorrow. Oh. They're going on to Sky River, and I said, D'Lo, Casey, said, come here. They sat down with James and I, and we said, hey, you take a PS5 and a copy of 2K24, and you let you give it away to your listeners. Oh. Let's see how it goes. That's how nice we are. Damien's trying to sell this this narrative. He's trying to sell this this story, this fib, this lie, this fiction that he's going to just steal one and take it to give it. No, 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 no. That was bequeathed unto him from the insiders. Yeah, Jiffy Luber, it, they're our people. Yeah. Those are our people. <laughs> those are those are our homies. <laughs> uh, yeah. D-Lo and Casey at Sky River tomorrow from noon to four out there in Elk Grove. Uh, definitely pull up. I believe they're going to be at Blue 32. Really, really cool spot. Good drinks, good bar, really good food. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a party, man. It's it's the most fun radio show I've ever been a part of. So uh, I, I highly recommend pulling up to that. If you can take time out of your lunch break, maybe take a day off. Maybe you're working from home and, and want to head over there and and call it a work meeting. I'm sure the deal in Casey would have no problem uh, signing off on a note that, that calls their show tomorrow, a work meeting for you uh, out of out at uh, Sky River Casino. All right. Shohei Otani, we talked about it earlier, and Buster Olney's all mad that Shohei is making his free agency a secret, and he doesn't, it won't, teams won't confirm who he's meeting with, and this and that, but we know in general what teams are involved. Where would you like to see him go? Hmm. Because where I want to see him go and where I think he's going to go, where I think he's going to go has changed a little bit, okay. but they're different for now. Okay, so I am a renowned San Francisco Giants hater. Like, I, I have never, ever, like... Renowned? Held, I've won awards. I, I have never, <laughs> I have never, like, held punches. I, I do not like the the San Francisco Giants. Like, if you talk baseball with me, you'd know that very quickly. Um, I'm a huge baseball fan. I always have been. Um, I grew up in an era where, like, like Candy Maldonado and I don't Jeff the Hackman, Leonard, and mm-hmm. you know, like some some players that just like I didn't love Will Clark, and I know that's sacrilegious to Giants fans. I like I didn't like Robbie Thompson, mm-hmm. um, Matt Williams, no. Like I was not a fan of Kevin Mitchell bare hand catching a ball. That's an unbelievable play. It's an unbelievable play. No, it's a bad play. He overran a ball and had to reach <laughs> back with his hand. <laughs> yeah, there's so you're, Brett you're, Butler. You are hating, hating. Right? Brett Butler was out there with like a 24 inch glove trying to rob home runs with like a cartoon character glove on his hand. Like this that is turning I, this into a roast of Ho- the 1980s. Jose Giants. Uribe. Come on, man. Oh, like, now we're into the 2000s. Like, there we go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like I, all of it. I, I'm just like, hey, I, I can't deal. I can't deal with the Giants. 
standing on business. I still, he's a Giants type player, and I, I he's the guy like what? I, I'm just saying, I, he is a that type of a player. Gi- he's good at baseball, and he's expensive. Yeah, How is that a Giants type player? I just feel like like he makes sense going there, and I don't know why I say that. But I, I feel like he would do well there. Um, I, I think he would be embraced there. I think it would make the Giants better. I think the one thing, if you're uh, Shohei, you have to worry that you're never you're going to be the Angels forever. Like you're just going to the Giants, which doesn't have the other talent around you to go and win. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have a that's, Mike Trout, but the difference is the Giants still win like most of the time. Yeah, that's a that that's the thing is is I, I say the Giants type player. It's you know I, I say that tongue in cheek. Any any t- he would he's making any team better, right? But I think you're yeah. right in that. Like Farhan has been able to build semi competitive to very competitive teams in the 107 win season. With, I mean. Scraps. Yeah. Like piecing the thing together. Iron Man. In a cave with scraps. Like that's (laughs) is that Iron Man Iron Man one, right? Yeah. Jeff Bridges. Um but anyways. Uh so I I I think that if he goes to the Giants, I think you're gonna see a pretty dramatic turnaround. A you'll see an uptick in attendance. People are gonna want to see show. Hey, bro, I went to an Angels game this year. The Angels were trash. Like Mike Trout was hurt already. This is late in the season. That that place was packed. Everybody's got Shohei jerseys on. He struck out in the ninth, struck out or or grounded out, whatever he did. He, he was the first out in the ninth inning. Everybody got up and left. Everybody was there to watch Shohei's last at bat, and then everybody was out. Of, so you'd get the people coming in, right? So you're getting butts in the seats. But then that that allows Farhan to something to build around, and you have Shohei in the middle of your lineup. And presumably in 2025 at the top of your rotation, because he's, I guess he's not going to pitch this year because of Tommy John surgery. So yeah. you, you have him in your lineup and now all of a sudden you're building around him and then, oh, look, the Giants are suddenly winning, you know, 88, 90 games just by virtue of having. So I get that. For me, I want to see him in Toronto so bad. Hmm. I want to see him with Bo Bichette. I want to see him with Vlad Guerrero Jr. The atmosphere up there is already bonkers. Plus, he's in the AL East, so you get a, a new team in the AL East dominating who's not the Red Sox and who's not the Yankees. And big shout out to the Rays for for constantly being competitive. But I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't know how much I believe in the Rays team building long term. I want to see him in Toronto, in those uniforms. He would look dope. It's great for the sport that you have the biggest international star in the sport playing up in in Toronto. Is that good I'm for the sport? For yeah, I don't know I if think that it is. is. I don't think it's I think it is. to have the the biggest here in Canada, not not playing in the con. Uh, I don't know. I guess fine. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is super popular and he plays in Canada. So it's Bobochet Jr. Well, yeah, but I don't want to go Bobochet Jr. It's Bobochet. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to see him go to the Yankees and even the Dodgers. Like, eh. that's my whole thing. Is like, eh. I, I personally, I would be fine with him in San Francisco because I could go watch. Like, I'm going to ten Giants games a year just to watch Shohei, right? Well, that, but it wouldn't be buying a championship. It'd be buying a, a building block, sure, to build sure, around. Sure. Yeah. Where if like it's the Yankees or the Giants, I mean the Yankees or the Dodgers, they've already spent so much money that it just feels 
like they're just even, buying. I don't even think the Yankees are in. I, I don't think I so either. Just, so, but yeah, the Dodgers, that would be annoying. I don't want them to go to the Dodgers. Yeah. I also don't want them going back to the Angels. It would be like, shout out to you for trying to stay with the team and letting them. But the Angels, you get no more chances, bro. You've had a decade of Mike Trout and half a decade of Shohei, and you have one playoff series and zero playoff wins to show for it. Yeah. I'm tough. out. I don't want them going back there. What about and Rangers? I hate the Angels. And I hate the Angels. Yes. I, I want I that's agree. the team I like the least. Yeah. I don't want him in there. I don't want him playing for him and then messing up his career. I'm out. I'm surprised Seattle hasn't been a little bit more of a player in this. Is Seattle's <laughs> Seattle like is it, I I think that they paid um oh my god. They're uh Julio Rodriguez. They paid him, and they're done. Like, mm. there's like, here's your star. Like, they already traded Jared Kelnick. Like, that's, he was supposed to be, like, the next big thing. He's still only 24, under team control for five years. Like, nope, we're getting rid of him. Yeah. I just don't, I don't think the Mariners are super interested in spending $600 million on a baseball player. $600 million. That sounds like what the number's going to be. I think that if, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I've, I've said this, I, I think if his elbow wasn't an issue, it, it, there's a possibility he could have got a billion I don't think he's getting a billy, but I don't know. I don't. I I, th- I I always thought that half a billion was probably like the jumping off point. Yeah, and then it was just a matter of how high a team was willing to go. And I think given all the teams that are in this and all the money that's flying around between those teams, six hundred sounds right, which is a crazy number. That's wild. Six hundred million dollars. Yeah, but look what you're getting. You're getting. I mean, he just I, when he's on. Like just home run, home run, home run, home run. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a he is one of the five best hitters in baseball and one of the ten best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, like he's amazing. I mean, really amazing. It's bonkers. I <laughs> I made the comparison on on Twitter one time. I, somebody said, "Is is such and such player the Shohei Otani of the NFL, or who is the Shohei Otani of the NFL?" And I'm like, the player doesn't exist. No. And I was like, that would be like if you had Patrick Mahomes also rushing the passer like Nick Bosa. Yes. <laughs> and a bunch of people jumped in my mentions on Twitter going, it's not like that at all. It would be more like if it was Justin Herbert and Khalil Mack. Like, okay. <laughs> like, it'd be more like Josh Allen and Miles Garrett. <laughs> all right, man. All right. Sure. sure. As if but that's still not unbelievable. <laughs> pick your, your two <laughs> right. great players. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, I don't want him to go to the Dodgers. That's the team I don't want him to go to. Yeah, me neither. And, and right now, I actually think, I think the Blue Jays are my my front runner for a team that I think he is going to. Okay. I have the Giants too, though. Mm. The Giants, the Giants' silence through this whole thing, it's speaking loudly to me. Well, it's because every other time they're noisy and they come up with nothing. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm. But that's what I'm saying. Look how noisy they were to come up with absolutely nothing. All right, the Kings don't play until Friday, so we're going to do a little 18-game check-in. Where are they at now? Where are they heading? And um, that's what's coming up next. All right. I thought I had more, but I got nothing for you. Let's do it. Talk. That's what we're diving into on the Insiders. ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Center. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Al Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Well, I'm flustered. I pushed all the wrong buttons right there. That was tough. So for you, for it's my like, guy. It's like, you know when you're writing, and I know, I dude, I know, I'm, if you haven't run into this, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be upset. You ever, like, not pay attention while you're writing and you start your fingers on the wrong keys. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so you start typing and you're doing, maybe you're looking at stats or you're talking to somebody and then you look down and you've just typed gibberish for 12 words. Well, it's also, it's weird because sometimes you'll do that and you'll realize that so many words are really close to each other, just slid over like one set of keys. And so all of a sudden there are a bunch of words, but you're like, those aren't the words I was looking at. <laughs> you're like, I I didn't mean to write that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm with you. Yeah, man. That's basically what just happened on the board. Uh-oh. When I went to go turn on the right programs and stuff. So the, the Chatty House, our YouTube feed, got uh, got a little bit of Blow the Whistle by Too Short, which is our rejoin song. Oh. There. You're welcome. All right. You're welcome. All right. The Kings get a couple nights off after their loss to the Pelicans in the in-season tournament. They now head to Phoenix to take on the Suns after the Suns lost to the Lakers last night, 106-103, in the in-season tournament quarterfinals at crypto.staples.arena. And uh, I thought this is a good time to just check in and not talk about the the Pelicans game and not, not talk about Harrison Barnes rebounding or whatever. I want to talk a little bigger picture. Okay. Um, let's just start with right now, as of today, and that's the scope I want to talk about. I want to, I'm going to expand this out bigger, but right now today on December 6th, the Kings are the number six seed. They're 11 and eight satisfactory so far. What's your, what's your feel on a, where, where they've, where have they matched up with your expectations? Actually, you know what? I'm going to be a professional and not ask you a two-part question. I'm going to do one part first. Okay. That's right. Because I can sit here and I get to ask another one. I don't have to try and fit all my questions in at once. Um, your expectations for the start of this year, have they met them, fallen short? I think they're right on par with where I thought they would, you know, like 11 and 7, I mean, 11 and 8. 12 and 7, 13 and 6. Like, oh, so keep saying 18 games and it's 19. Keep going. Okay. So I, I would be right around that, mm-hmm. right? That number. Um, I think that I don't like how they've gotten to where they've gotten, but I understand that it's part of the process. 
Hmm. So I think that this team is, uh, they fought through injuries, which again, I, I think the injuries so far this season have hit them much harder than they did last year. I think that I don't, the things I don't like is winning by 15 and losing by 20. Yeah, that's like the inconsistency of of how they win and mm-hmm. lose to me is a little like jarring. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I don't like because I'm someone who would rather see like some steady progress mm-hmm. as opposed to this scattered all over the place. But saying that, I understand that they've really worked to change their defensive mindset. And that has come with a whole lot of fouls. Um, and, and and I think they're getting better defensively. And they're learning how to play better without fouling. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's a problem, right? And, and so that's going to improve steadily as we get deeper and deeper into the season. And then the other thing I, I really would focus on is that over the last like week and a half, two weeks, they've been trying to insert things into their into their offensive play sets mm-hmm. that are meaningful, like trying to get switched onto defensive liability opponents mm-hmm. and take advantage of matchups. Mm-hmm. So that's a big step because what we saw in the playoffs was the Warriors switched and switched and switched until they had Steph Curry on Keegan Murray and then he'd beat him to the hole. Right. He'd beat him to the bucket or or Kevin Herter. Mm-hmm. Right. That's something the Kings need to do. They need to figure that out, but they just had a free-flowing offense the whole time. It just, like, everything worked, and, mm-hmm. like, you you played too straight up. Right. So when and you got to the playoffs and the other team is is taking away things, you didn't have that mechanism where you could isolate somebody on some, on, on a bad defender. Right. The The Warriors adjusted to the Kings' offense, and the Kings didn't have a counterpunch ready. Yes, yes, right. and and now I think that they will. I think that they will. Right, yeah. That's what the whole deal has been. Yeah, and and we're slowly seeing them install things into the offense, and sometimes Mm -hmm. it slows it down, but then eventually it's just going to catch right back up and speed up again. Mm -hmm. It's about understanding these things, adding layers to the onion, right? So it's usually an an onion has layers, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes sometimes you got to like... Shrek. Shrek said onions have layers. Yeah. Because Donkey tried to say cakes. And then Shrek picks up the onion and says, ogres are like onions. Anyways, (laughs) I'm sorry. Keep going. No, I'm with you. But I I think that the Kings haven't got to the point where they have the layers that that are necessary to take the next step. Mm -hmm. And like we talk about the Indiana Pacers. I I think the Kings are a year ahead of the Indiana Pacers, maybe a little bit more, maybe maybe a year and a half, two years. That doesn't mean that they're going to win more games in Indiana. It doesn't mean that... They're going to go further in the playoffs. That that comes down to matchups and everything else. But at the same time, I like where the Kings are going, and I like that they they are adding things that are actually tangible and meaningful moving forward that could impact winning in the playoffs. It right. may not, it may impact your ability to win and lose on December something, mm-hmm. but in April and May and hopefully June. Mm-hmm. That's when you you need something to be impactful and actually carry over, and I think yeah. that that's what they're trying to install right now. That's that's part of what I think is so interesting about the whole like trade discussion, because they're already trying to get everybody on the same page defensively for sure, 
offensively, obviously, like we talked about it yesterday with, with Damian during the handoff, which uh, I believe KC is going to come in here uh, in in five or ten minutes. But they've they've gotten a tiny bit better defensively, but way more significantly worse offensively. And ideally, those those two things wouldn't necessarily go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Like you get the i the ideal is you get way better defensively while offensively staying about the same. And you bring up a good point. They're trying to do two things at once, where they're trying to install all these different offensive wrinkles and these new sets and getting people in new roles and and all that, while also saying, "Hey, ratchet up the physicality and the defense and the intensity on the defensive end." Mm-hmm. And then also, you have to sprint to the corner. That was Mike Brown's thing after the Pelicans game. You got to sprint. You got to get up the floor and you got to go. You got to flatten out the defense. And they're not doing that. And so there's all this thing. It's just kind of a culmination of, you know, quote unquote issues that are leading to the, the up and down. But like you said, call me in March. Yeah. If, if we're still sitting here in March and they're three games over and on a night to night basis, on a possession to possession basis, it's like, man, really good defense on that possession. And then, Oh, they lost a cutter on four straight possession and offensively it's still up and down. Okay, so that's when it'll be a problem for me. I get what you're saying. I, I'm going to move that to call me in mid-January because that's when you know whether or not you have to make a change or not. Mm. And that because the trade deadline is going to be the first week of February. And to be honest, I think this team is going to be aggressive. I, I think that they understand they're going to have to be. Yeah, they understand that they could still make the playoffs this year, but take a step backwards mm-hmm. to take a major step forward. Mm-hmm. Like there's another. I believe there's another Demonis Sabonis type trade out there for them that might not be as big, but close. That as could, impactful. As impactful, but you know maybe not impactful in the same way. So some people are like, well, is you're going to get another guy who can put up 19 points, 12 rebounds, and seven assists? No. I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe Pascal Siakam becomes available. Sure, I don't know. Sure. But I, I, my point would be that there's a player out there that could equal that on the defensive end that could change everything for the Kings on the defensive end and is worth the risk. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the Kings, they can, I got in this discussion the other day too. They can actually, so right now they have a 2024 first round pick uh, is scheduled to go to the Atlanta Hawks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they make the playoffs, it's lottery protector. Well, let's see, it was top. Um, 14 and top 12. It's probably top 12 protected, right? So if they make the playoffs, it's going to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, but they can trade their 2026. Mm. It just has a little asterisk by it and says, if 2024 isn't relayed, it becomes 2027. If 2025 isn't right. relayed, it becomes 2028. Right. So they can trade that. They can also trade their 2028. They can trade their 2030 first round pick. They, you can't trade back-to-back years. You can't trade back-to-back because of Stepien rule. So they they have the assets. They have not expiring contracts. They they have some expiring contracts. They have some some contracts to work with, but but they also have players that are on on chunk contracts that you could probably move without mm-hmm. any problems. Even like for as much as Harrison Barnes gets under somebody's skin in Sacramento, like here and there, like and becomes like a target on social media. Uh, number one, that's a small majority of people. Mm-hmm. Number two, Harrison Barnes is still well-respected and very movable around the league. Mm-hmm. Like there are teams, playoff teams, good playoff teams that would love to have a player like Harrison Barnes. Definitely. 
Yeah. It's just like, again, sometimes it comes down to the mixture of players you're playing with. Mm-hmm. And if you send Harrison Barnes to a team that has really good, like long athletic three fours and, and has a shot blocking big, he looks like a different player. And so, yeah, I, I honestly think that there are a lot of ways that this team can help themselves mm-hmm. and I expect them to be aggressive. I just kind of wonder if they're sitting there in, uh, you said mid-January, if they're sitting there in mid-January still trying to figure it out on both ends of the floor is trading a starter like Harrison Barnes and uh, not even to pick him out. If you're trading somebody like Kevin Herter or Harrison Barnes, who's in your starting lineup, and I pick them because Domas and Keegan and De'Aaron Fox are not getting traded. So that's your other, those are your two starters. Those are going to be your, your assets that maybe another team wants. Yep. Is it is it that easy to just say, okay, well now we're going to trade one of them and we're going to integrate somebody new into the starting lineup and that's just going to make everything better? Or is it going to be, hey, now we've got to integrate this guy while also continuing to try and figure out what we're doing on both ends of the floor? I think that you have to take the short-term hit to take the long-term yeah. like success. Yeah. Like no you're basically gambling that you can put yourself over the top. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, you do. You do make the move. Mm-hmm. If it comes up, you you make the move. No doubt. No doubt. That, I just meant more in the scope of this year. It's like if they make a trade this year, and it, 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 and again, this is in the context of we're sitting here on January 15th. Yeah. And it's like, man, the Kings look exactly the same on January 15th as they've done on December 6th. They're trending. They're in the 6th, 7th seed, and they're trending towards 40, I think, 7 wins they're on pace for. It, it, it depends on how they're playing, Kyle. It really does. To me, it depends if they're still doing what they're doing right now. That's what, that's or what I mean. It's a fifteen-point game and a twenty-point game. That's what I mean. Is is it all yeah. looks exactly the same? Then then yeah, I'm not sure. A trade, you're going. Oh hey, they're going to win a title now. But you you definitely feel feel a lot better about them uh, next season. And again, continuing to project out over the next next five to ten years. Kenny Caraway in the building of D'Lo and KC fame. D'Lo and KC coming up here at noon. He's in here for the handoff. Uh, Kenny, how have you felt so far? We've been talking about the Kings here, just doing a little check-in with a couple of days off. I noticed you're wearing an Angels hat. Don't love that, but it's fine. Uh, well, um, no. <laughs> I literally today we were talking about Shohei, and I'm like, I hope it doesn't go back to the Angels. The Angels is my least favorite team. The <laughs> Angels, Angels are boring. <laughs> They're so boring. And you said as a Giants fan, another boring team. Oh, jeez. They ain't got nothing to make at least turn the Gi- right now. At least the Giants have had a competitive, really competitive playoff trip recently. But anyways, the Kings. A couple of days off, we're just taking a zoom out. 19 games in, where are they at? Are you what? What would you describe your, I, I guess, emotions through the first 19 games? How do you feel about this team so far? Are you satisfied with them? Are you dissatisfied? Are you are they better than you expected? Are they worse? What What do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm fine with the Kings right now. I, I think they're relatively fine. Like, and I say that say relatively because yeah, they can improve. They can be a better team. There, mm-hmm. there's things that they can be better better with on both sides of the ball but i think they're fine they're 11 and 18 they've, they've lost 10 games with fox and keegan murray between those two mm-hmm. um another i don't know seven james with trey lyles or something like that 13 13 trey lyles missed 13 yeah man so they've been able to weather the storm through those things uh 11 and 8 around where everybody else is in the west who's had to go through stuff injuries here and there I think I think they're fine, man. Um, I saw you. I, I came in on you guys talking about uh, a potential trade, mm-hmm. and I want to know what both of you guys think about this because I said yesterday. I said during the summer, 
the the goal is to get back to the playoffs. That's the goal. Sure. And a lot of people are like, second round, got to win around this year. Then I was like, ah. we talked about this, like I said, James, over the summer. Like, it's, it, it's not necessarily how things always go. If in the grand scheme of things with building a contending team. And I always go back to the greatest show on court. They were the AC twice. They lost in the first round twice. And usually what happens is you have the first season, which is magical and everything's all good and you feel good about it. And you bring people back, which is kind of what the Kings did this year. They brought people back feeling good. Let's recapture that magic. You probably get back in the playoffs again. And I'm not saying this is what they're going to do, but then you lose in the first round again. And that's when you look at Jason Williams and be like, you know what, we got to make some tough decisions. And I think that's kind of where they're at with some of their players and in this roster, potentially. Now they could keep everybody and win in the second round next year, this year, and everything be great. But I think they're right on par for what it is for a growing young team in this league. What you just brought up is my biggest, my biggest overall question is we were just talking about how, you know, defensively they're trying to change their philosophy on that end. And offensively, they're also trying to add wrinkles to their offense, and it's not exactly what they were doing last year. So there's guys in new roles and and doing some different things, and I think that's part of the reason that you're seeing them. You're seeing some up and down performances, where some nights it like really clicks, and then other nights it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I want to know because they're six seed, pacing for 47 wins. Is this can this group of players get over that hump where they are? 50 plus 55 wins and you feel really good about them not only hey picking them in the first round they're going to smoke whoever they play in the first round and then you like them as favorites in the second round I think they can I think they can Mm. a lot of it but a lot of it depends to me on what happens with Keegan Murray the Keegan Murray that we've seen so far this year now he's had injuries and Mm -hmm. you know he's been you know it seems like experiment with some things here and there he's been kind of hit or miss on that next level. Like, he hasn't been bad, but sometimes he'll have 24, sometimes he'll have 11. You know, yeah. sometimes he can't hit the bright side of the bar. If if that continues, then no, I don't think so. But if he elevates the way we all hope he is, where he's this team's third best scorer, potentially second best scorer or something like that, then that makes up for, you know, someone, I ain't even going to say the name today, but that makes up for, for others that, you know, are up and down as well. You he was talking I mean? about Harris. I didn't, I didn't say no names. I didn't say no <laughs> names around what do you here. Think, <laughs> Look, I, I think at a certain point, I think you're right. It like the inconsistency of of Keegan Murray early in the season has been a huge problem mm-hmm. because I, I, you know, Mike always talks about this. Mike Brown always talks about like it's n- very rarely is it just a straight climb to the top. Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be step backs. There's always going to be these moments where things get rocky and everything else. Well. Like this kid's dealt with like a lot of inconsistency and setbacks early in the season. Mm. And I mean, we can say that about a couple of players on this team. Like again, like Demonis Sabonis has had some inconsistencies, not in the how hard he plays or like the effort or, and energy that he brings to the court, but in production, mm. like he's had some inconsistencies. And I think we all are waiting for this moment where there's this like straight climb to the top and I still think that this this team, as it's currently constructed, can win 50, maybe even 55 games. I'm not sure about 55, but I yeah. certainly think that they can win 50-plus, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that they can win in the first round and get to the second round. Sure. But I don't think that they're a contender. And you 
if you have a, a player out there that's sitting there that you can go get that doesn't gut what you're already building and you can and you think it makes you a contender either this year or even next year, mm-hmm. you make that move. Like again, if there's that's- another Demonis Sabonis type trade out there, unequivocally, you make that move as quickly as you can and you move forward and you you take the momentary step back with the hopes that next season or even later this season, by the end of the season, you've worked it out and it's a game changer. Here's the thing though. I, I you said it earlier. The I the the idea of, hey, they're just gonna bring in another all NBA guy is probably not on the table. Mm-hmm. But if they do I don't think that they're going to get that player with Kevin Herter or Harrison Barnes and filler and picks. Mm-hmm. I just don't like you. You say Demonis a bonus trade. That to me means okay. Well, then you need to get rid of a Tyrese Halliburton type of player. Mm-hmm. Which you're means, giving up. You're giving up picks. Like you're giving up your 2026, your 2028. Yeah, your but 2030, if you're going to be good, those gonna... don't. I, I don't know how much those matter. No, I'm with you. And I, I don't know how much a team is going to value those. So that's why I, I, I wonder when you say Demonis Sabonis specifically, it's like, man, if, if that's the if that's the level of impact they're looking to make, I don't know, I don't know if their current assets that they'd be willing to give up get get them there. I, well, I was going to say I don't know they. I mean, it would be great if you got a Demonis Sabonis type, but I don't know if you necessarily need that. Uh, a guy like Trey Murphy. Get a, get a guy like him in, in your starting rotation or something like that. And not Trey Murphy specifically because he's not on the block, but right. a guy like that. I think that'll help out a lot. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they've played on the peripheral for a while for the last couple of years. Like after they made the the signing of Malik Monk, after they they traded for Kevin Herter, they made the DeMondis Sabonis signing. Like I would just say that like Chris Duarte is playing on, on the peripheral. Mm-hmm. I don't think playing on the peripheral is what they need at this point. They need something that gets them over the top. We're running out of time, aren't we, we, Kyle? Yeah, we are. We have like 20 seconds. So we're going to pick this conversation up tomorrow because I'm fascinated by this. Yeah. Uh, Kenny, if you want to pop back in tomorrow, this is what we're going to be doing. All so right. uh, D-Lo and Casey, of course. Uh, D-Lo and Casey coming up next. Uh, we're giving away a PS5 and NBA 2K24 next week. They're going to be doing that on Thursday out there at Sky River Casino. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more Kings talk coming up next on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Center. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.